0: 630 Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.
1: And here come the Kings. I have follow, will snap it around the boards. Smith read the play, anticipated, turned it over. I have follow, watching, same Smith. I can't believe the save he just made. He better make and that And then DeNoe chopped it over. A drive score. And L.A. has regained the lead 4-3. know I believe, with a tip. Well, heartbreak for the Edmonton Oilers in game one of their playoff series against the Los Angeles Kings. That is Jack Michaels describing the game winner with 5:14 left in the third period. Mike Smith turning the puck over, making a miraculous recovery save, but the Kings keep the puck alive. Dersey shoots, Dano deflects, and that is the difference tonight. The Oilers have lost seven consecutive playoff games going back to 2020. They've all been tight and the Oilers have not been able to get the key goal. Of those seven losses, three of them decided in overtime. You remember those last year against the Winnipeg Jets. In the other four, the opposing team has scored the game winner with 12 minutes or less remaining in the third period. So the Oilers gotta figure something out to get those big ones, or maybe have a lead in the third period. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. 11:16 is the time of day. It is Hartland Ford overtime open line, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Well, Rob, we will start with the game winner for the Los Angeles Kings, even though I think there are plenty of other things to uh, and moments to talk about in this game. But Mike Smith's puck handling is most of the time a huge strength, but it leads to the game winner for L.A. tonight.
2: In all honesty, Reed, that one wasn't so much his puck handling. It was his decision making. Uh, It's just it's like a defenseman if you got the puck down low in your own zone You never go through the slot. It's just a play you can't make because uh, when I always go risk reward The the reward is you make a pass to a guy that's at the blue line the risk if you turn it over There's no goalie and that's what happened there now. Mike Smith made an incredible save To start the sequence, but because everybody was in breakout mode when when Mike Smith gets the puck players go into certain areas. The two defensive go in the corners, A winger will go high, someone will shoot the zone, and the center will be in the middle of the ice. So when it gets turned over, nobody's in defensive positioning. And then it was just pandemonium. It was chaos for the, the Oilers defenders trying to come back. The guys are diving in front of the net. At one point you saw, I think it was Evan Bouchard, was in the goal. So now, because they're all in a chaos mode, nobody got in front of the shot from the point. There was no one in the shooting lane and no one was able to box Dano out. So the first save was made by Mike Smith, but the turnover created such uh, chaos, I guess is the word, that the Oilers were never able to recover and reset. And the mistake led to what turned out to be the game-winning goal.
1: So 4-3 Los Angeles takes it and... They, they were good early, Rob. 2 nothing lead. They had the first seven shots of the game before the game was four minutes old. They did have a power play early. I think Yamamoto, who played well, was maybe a little too excited in the mm-hmm. first minute and yep. tackled Ayafalo. And, uh, you know, L.A., really it wasn't until shortly before McDavid got that spectacular goal that the Oilers... Uh, did very much, quite frankly. I mean, L.A. very well-earned 2 nothing lead in this game, perhaps reminiscent of some of the issues the Oilers had in the first period earlier in the season.
2: Well, yeah, and it started in the very first shift of the game. The, the L.A. Kings had a controlled breakout uh, 20 seconds, 30 seconds into the, the first period that turned into a grade-A scoring chance where the defenseman jumped up in the play. I think it was Edler that got up there. Uh, they, the Oilers just got two... Uh, excited uh, and overshot the side. Nobody followed the the defender coming up, and LA got a great great a scoring chance, and that set the tone for the, really the first 15 minutes of the period. Uh, the LA Kings were able to get the matchups they wanted. Dano or Kopitar was always out against Connor or Leon, and the Oilers didn't get anything going until about five minutes ago in the period where the LA Kings weren't able to get the matchups. First, Quinn Byfield is out there. McDavid steals the puck off him, turns into a two-on-one Kane, Great, great opportunity, but a better save. And then the goal that Connor McDavid scored again, no Deneau, no Kopitar on the ice, and it was a mismatch. And that's why you saw Deneau and Kopitar play so much tonight is they had to be out there to defend time and time again when Connor and Leon were on the ice. Uh, They did a great job. But the L.A. Kings started this game strong. And I think the first 15 minutes, the way L.A. played, gave them confidence. Even the goal by Connor McDavid, you know, it deflates a little bit going into the first intermission. But they're thinking, we're up 2-1 after a period. Nobody gave us a chance. We weren't supposed to make the playoffs. And I think just more belief came into that dressing room as you saw as the game went on.
1: So after being down 2-1 after the first period, Kyler Yamamoto scored a power play goal in the second period. It was 2-2 for only a minute 11. Brendan Lemieux scored. Leon Dreisaitl tied at 3-3 with 10 left in the second period. Another power play goal, Rob. I would have thought at some point in their history, the Oilers would have scored three power play goals in one period in a playoff game. They have never done it, but they have scored two 26 times. <laughs> And what? Uh, uh, first of all, uh, uh, Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto kept that puck alive in the corner, and McDavid centers it to Drysidle off a broken stick, and then Drysaddle. That reminded me of the overtime goal he scored against the New York yep. Rangers. You know, how much time do you want me to have to pick my spot here, Jonathan? Okay, there, go, there it goes.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you've got the well, the second best goal scorer in the National Hockey League, with time and space. I, I don't care who's in net. He has no chance and it's funny the sequence before that the blocked a shot and it broke his stick. He laid the stick down in that exact spot he's thinking and I I know what's going through his head. He's like all right. Let's put this in an area. I know there's cross ice passes going all the time. I'm just going to lay the stick here. The pass from McDavid was so hard that it splintered the stick and got all the way across to Leon and to put the puck in the net. There was another power play though in this game and which I was a little surprised by where the Oilers. A minute 10 into it there was a whistle and they didn't change their power play unit and they left the connor and leon power play out there whereas earlier in the game we saw yamamoto in the second unit scored a goal and the yamamoto line uh, power play unit has been very good when they've been out there but when by leaving that unit out there for the full two minutes then players like kane and yamamoto uh, and, and ryan mcleod who's been very good on the power play don't get that extra time and that's the one thing when you look at the the time on ice numbers tonight, the Oilers did not deploy the players like they have been deploying. I believe there's five guys in this game for the Oilers under 10 minutes. And that's not something we've seen as of late as the Oilers have used their depth flares a lot more. Okay, so L.A. wins at 4-3. You're going to hear from
1: Jay Woodcroft, also Mike Smith and Connor McDavid. You're listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on 630 Chet. stolen by Grunstrom, rifles a shot, rebound, what a save he made on Blake Lazant, and then covers at the side of the net, Mike Smith at the top of his game early on. All right, that's Mike Smith, save the game for Reface Magic, save money on your kitchen renovation, don't replace Reface. However, Smith gives up the game winner with just over five minutes left in the third, and the Kings beat the Oilers 4-3. Smith stops 31 out of 35. Jonathan uh, Jonathan Quick stops 36 out of 39 to get the win, he just uh, a little bit better tonight. Jonathan Quick has been there before. What did did, uh, Jack say? 76 years of age, the combined goalie, (laughs) the combined goalie age tonight. And uh, you know, you give Quick the slight edge in this one.
2: Uh, You do, Uh, he was very good. And we talked about it after the game, Bob and I. Uh, Quick, I don't know if Quick at this age has enough in him to take this team to a Stanley Cup championship, but he certainly has enough in him to win a series. And that's the one fear when you play against a team and as a, a goaltender with the uh, resume that Jonathan Quick has, is he can steal a game, and he's he's confident. Nothing's going to rattle him. Uh, you score a goal on him early, you score a goal on him late, it's not going to change his approach for the next shot coming in on him. And at the very end, the Oilers pressed, and there were uh, some bobbles. Defensively, by the LA Kings, not getting clears in the last th- two minutes of the game when they kept winning faceoffs. And Jonathan Quick came up with save after save. So, yeah, it uh, was a, I thought both goaltenders at times made big saves but Jonathan Quick just never made the big mistake, and that was the difference in the hockey game.
1: And we'll make the veteran Jonathan Quick the fourth star of the game for Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, Store Canadian, head to Sentinel.ca. Dano Yamamoto, and Moore stars one through three. Orders lose 4-3. Let's go downstairs. Here's Jay Woodcroft.
0: Talk about how maybe early on you guys didn't manage the emotion of, of the building. Did you sense that on the bench?
3: Yeah, I, I didn't uh, love the way we started the game. Obviously we gave up a chance off uh, neutral zone face-off. Uh, we took an early penalty. Those type of things that allowed them to feel good in, at the start of the game, but um, I thought we worked our way in into things um, and found a way to compete, and uh, in the end, um, it came down to you know, an error in the third period, and they capitalized on it.
0: You guys really haven't beaten yourself a lot the last few months, and you know, there's kind of two plays that led directly to goals against. And you know, Mike Smith owned it and said, "Hey, you know what? Obviously, I can't, I can't try to make that play at that time." As a coach. How do you ensure that your guys, you know, remember that? Hey, let's just not beat ourselves. If they beat us, they beat us, but we can't beat ourselves and help them.
3: Well, I would say that it was a three-three hockey game, competitive on both sides. We had a, we had the opportunity to win that game. Um, I, on different occasions. I thought um, uh, in the end, we made some mistakes that we haven't made um, over over the last two months or so. There's areas that we can clean up for sure.
4: Uh, Jay, when you have a puck moving goaltender that moves a puck as well as Mike does, I guess those errors are just, you got to live with them sometimes or how did you see that
3: play at the end there? Well, I, I wouldn't even just limit uh you know like obviously Mike would like to have that that puck handle back um but uh, there was other stuff on that play too that I think we can handle a little bit better and uh you know he's done a good job of making big saves for us over time and and uh you know we want to make sure that we can clean up some of those areas
4: just with the emotion of everything, having the fans back and you know playing the playoffs again, it looked like your guys were really wired. I guess is it hard to calm them down before the dressing room before the game like that? Because it looked like they were just really so fired.
3: I thought I thought everyone's excited and um, you know while there's some execution things that we can clean up uh, it's hard to fault our, our effort or, or our enthusiasm in that game tonight so we're disappointed with the result but I have a strong faith in our ability to regenerate and um, you know we'll pick some things that we need to improve and we'll work at them and we'll be better.
4: And last thing for me just a thought on, on Kara Yamamoto he, he looked like he had a really good game he was all over the ice creating a lot of things just what did you see out of him tonight?
3: Yeah I thought was very good uh he won a lot of puck battles went to hard areas um he brings what he brings and uh he was a good player for us tonight if you
5: guys you know you had a lot of structure the last however what two and a half months that we didn't see tonight it kind of disappeared is that is that a emotional thing is that a mental thing is it somehow something the kings did where's it go
3: Well, I think a little bit of everything you just mentioned there. I think um, there's areas we can be better. There are areas that we can be better. You know, as I said, it's hard to fault our players' effort. Um, For me, it comes down to execution on some things and, um, you know, trusting what your structure is uh, during certain times. But in the end, it was a 3-3 hockey game in the third period, and we made one more mistake than they did. It ended up a 4-3 hockey game.
5: Darnell Nurse. How would you assess uh, Darnell Nurse's performance tonight?
3: I thought there was some good stuff from Darnell tonight. Obviously, uh, he's been off the ice for a little bit over a week. And, you know, there's moments uh, where he's just getting back up to speed. Um, We tried not to overuse him tonight, uh, but he was competitive. And, um, you know, he's very good on our penalty kill. Uh, Jay, I'm just wondering about the the matchups tonight, and and it did look initially like you were trying to keep uh, Connor away from from Dineau and then as the game wore on, maybe less concerned. Did you did you see it that way? Is yeah, that? you know what, it was an interesting game, especially with minutes distribution with minutes distribution, they had some people that didn't play a whole heck of a lot. I think I saw one of their players was under three minutes. Another one was under six minutes. Um, So at that point in time, when that stuff happens, um, you're, you're just trying to get people on the ice and make sure that we're using enough people um, to spread the minutes out. So you're not overtaxing anybody. Good. Thanks guys.
1: Hey, that's Jay Woodcroft, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, as they lose 4 3 to the Los Angeles Kings tonight. And he said maybe the Oilers make one more mistake than the Kings tonight. Certainly a big one at a bad time of the game, Rob. I, I do think there are other things the Oilers can improve on as we discuss the adjustments of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line. We talked about the start to the game, the Oilers trying to maybe uh, control their energy a, a little bit. and we've seen, look, no, no team is unbeatable as well as the Oilers played down the stretch with the, you know, under Jay Woodcroft they had the third best points percentage in the league but we've seen teams even, you know, that 1-1 game in San Jose when Smith passed McDavid for the overtime winner. San Jose played well. You know, they they clog up the neutral zone. There, there are things teams can do to slow down the Oilers a little bit. Uh, how do the Oilers counteract? Well, first of all, I, I want you to comment on maybe some of the things LA did and how the Oilers counteract those?
2: Well, L.A. only four-checks if they have a chance to get in on the four-check. If, if they're in a line change and they dump the puck in, they'll just all stand at center and they'll wait for the Oilers to come out. When the And we saw it a few times where the Oilers, they like to stretch their wingers. So they get the four-check coming in, they'll stretch their wingers, a long outlet pass, and they'll they'll catch the opposition. And they'll get, well, not maybe not always odd man breaks, but they'll at least be even breaks going across the blue line with a little bit of speed. But when L.A. pulls everything, everyone back in the middle, and if the Oilers stretch it, well, now when you make that long pass, the Oilers have no speed getting across the blue line. So now when they dump it in, there's five LA Kings back, the Oilers have no speed, and they can't get a four check going. And that's what LA wants. They just, they want, right, you're gonna dump it in our zone, but we have all five guys back already. We can make a couple little dink passes off of the boards and we can get ourselves out of trouble. So I think the Oilers still gotta find a way when LA comes back with five guys in the neutral zone to come up with speed, to come up with five guys as a group. And the guy that gets the blue line, you fire it hard around or in a cross corner dump, and allow that guy to go with speed. I think the others need more speed entering without the puck into the offensive zone so they can try to catch the L.A. Kings that way because L.A. has too many players back to beat them through the neutral zone
1: okay so 4-3 the kings win it tonight you are welcome to get in touch on the hotline presented by Teed, the pros choice for roofing siding drywall insulation and ceiling systems Teed pro all the way 780-496-0063 you know the number sharon knows the number and she is our first caller of the playoffs sharon go ahead hey guys can you hear me For sure we
6: can. Yeah, I just, my
0: my main comment was really what I went to the game and I just uh, expected more from the fans. I think in playoff hockey, when we used to watch the games in Rexall, like the arena would be vibrating um, with the excitement. So I think, like, as a fan, like what we can do to help the team is, like, support them and be loud, cheering. It was like that in the third period, but it was quiet for the first two periods. So I expect more from the
1: fans in the next game. Well, Sharon, I'll, I'll let you throw out that challenge. As you know, Rob, I'm reluctant to comment on the fan participation because I'm not one of them, and I think the fans are great. Uh, I, I will say this to Sharon: I, I thought the fans pregame it, it was absolute bedlam during the pregame video and the team skating out, mm-hmm. uh, I, and I. I think the way the Oilers started the game didn't give the fans <laughs> much to cheer about. I, I mean, it, they shots were, were, were 7 nothing, and it was eventually 2 nothing. I, I mean, it goes both ways. I, I think the fans can lift the team at times, but I also think if you're a fan, there might be a point where it's just like, well, I've been cheering, and <laughs> the team's not coming to life here. But, I, but fair enough. I'll let Sharon put that challenge out and yeah, people can respond how they
2: like. It, it sounded loud to, to me, but we don't get the full effect because we are so much higher than the fans where we sit. Uh, so even when the fans are going crazy, we don't really can't really tell from up here. They seemed into it. It certainly got louder as the game went on and the game became much more important. But I also saw, noticed there was a oh, what's the word I'm looking for in the third period, a nervousness in the crowd in the third period because it's such a close game. And everyone was knew that we were one bad bounce or one bad mistake or one bad break away from falling behind. And I think with all of the troubles the Oilers have had the last couple of playoff seasons, there was a, a nervousness or a fear in the fans. And you could just the apprehension every time LA came across the line or there was a shot on net. Uh, but that's playoff hockey. There's playoff hockey is the best hockey in the and playoff hockey is the best of any sport when you come down to this time of year just because of the emotion that you have in every single game and how every single play could lead to something that could turn the game around and we saw that that one mistake turned this game around in a game the others are normally a very good third play third period team especially when the game is tied but the LA Kings and, and you and I talked about it in their show leading up to this the LA Kings are a better team than many people gave them credit for they play a certain style that allows them to stay in hockey games. And they've got a goaltender that can steal a game or a series. So this game is a long, this series is a long way from being over. But this series is going to be a long series because the L.A. Kings and the Edmonton Oilers both have good hockey clubs.
1: L.A. Kings, uh, a better road team during the regular season than they were at home. Maybe keep that in mind. Kings 23-11-7 and seven on the road. They were 21, 16, and four at home. And you know what I always say, Rob? I, I, I always say I expect games to be close. And in the playoffs, you can you can make it even closer and more tense. And it's handling that tension. And I, I said that stat off the top of the show. It's not totally fair because even going back to 2020, it's not all the same players. No, it's you're not right. all the same group. But as I said, the Oilers have lost seven straight playoff games. All of them were tied with 12 minutes to go into the third period or into overtime. The Oilers have lost all seven. I mean, that's you think law of averages. You'd, you'd be <laughs> the team chipping in the winner, even if you've had, you know, some depth issues and stuff like that, as the Oilers did in the past. So it, it is something they got to solve here. They got to figure out how to win a close one. Well, you
2: said it best the law of averages. So you got to think the next time that the Oilers are going to have a better chance. But it's uh, when you, you talk about stress, and, and that's what we see at playoff time. It's the stress is it, it raises, and and it's it's much harder. To, to make plays because the repercussions of a bad player are so much bigger. But we saw on the other end, too, the L.A. Kings in the last minute and a half, two minutes, they won four or 5 faceoffs in a row and couldn't get the puck out. They felt stress. They had pucks that were wide open on the, the boards, couldn't get it past the blue line. They turned the puck over two or three times. So both teams faced stress. Just the L.A. Kings got the bigger bounce. And the Edmonton Oilers couldn't get that bounce in the last two minutes to tie this hockey game up. But the one thing that, I, again, what I love about playoff hockey, and we saw it last year in the Winnipeg series, it was a four-game sweep, but every game was a one-goal game where it could have gone either way. And then you see other sports like basketball, for instance, you could have a seven-game series where there isn't one game within 20 points. So there, this series is a long way from over. I believe every game is going to be close. Uh, I was surprised that the this was a 4-3 victory for L.A. I would think L.A.'s victories would be 3-2 or 2-1, but they they put pucks on net, and when you put pucks on net, like Jersey did late in the hockey game, good things can happen, and that's what happened for the L.A. Kings. Kings win
1: 4-3. We got to thank James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results all season long, and continuing into the playoffs. They make a $100 donation to 630 Chet Sanders Anonymous every time the Oilers score, so the playoff total at 300 bucks. Back to the Certainty hotline. We have Adam standing by. Adam, go ahead. Hey, boys. How's it going? Doing okay. Uh,
7: I just have a few things to say. I just want to commend Rob on, uh, on the uh, brilliant breakdown on uh, Smith there. Um, as a former player, obviously... Uh, It's not the puck handling, it was the the decision-making, you know. You know, the former D-man, obviously, you get the puck behind the net. A lot of things happening, put it to the corner. But going up ice, it's a bad decision.
1: Yeah, for Um, sure, Adam. What else do you have, buddy?
7: Secondly, um, with the 54 seconds left on the power play, I thought they would go to the second unit power play because the second unit power play... Scored the time before so I was just kind of wondering your comments on that
2: yeah I brought that up earlier yeah I agree I, I we've seen what Jay Woodcroft is more apt to use a second unit which we never saw in the last number of years uh, and the second unit to me has been very effective they scored a goal they almost had one earlier on their other power play chance uh, and just because there's certain players on that unit like it like an Evander Kane uh, like a Yamamoto uh, I just thought that when that time came that was a perfect time to go to your second unit and he, and he didn't but if you and we uh, Jay Woodcroft mentioned it the when he talked about ice time the ice time was a little bit off as opposed to what they've done in the past as there was a number of players that played very little as this game went on for the Edmonton Oilers
1: okay so the Oilers lose 4-3 to the Kings also on the playoff scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer, looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Maple Leafs win big, 5 nothing over the Lightning. Hurricanes win big, 5-1 over the Bruins. And the Blues win big, 4 nothing over the Minnesota Wild. This was the only close game tonight. More of your calls. Uh, JP, Jim, and Noah, you're up next in the batting order. We're live in Studio 99 for Harlan Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's McLeod. Face off win. Duncan Keith, a drive. Tipped home, and we are tied. Kyler Yamamoto,
7: the equalizer on the power play, and the second unit has even game one.
1: That's Kyler Yamamoto's first NHL playoff goal. Also, a power play goal for the Oilers. They went two for four with the man advantage. Kings were 0 for four so joel wins a 50 river cree resort and casino gift card i set the line before the game at five and a half total power plays in the game for river cree resort and casino excitement bet on it so joel took the over and he wins so the other special teams came through but uh they were best at five on five tonight rob we were talking about yamamoto earlier early penalty okay maybe trying to push it a little too far but Gets a goal, gets an assist, had a one-timer chance for McDavid with the game tied in the third. What about that shorthanded rush he made? That might have been Quick's best save. I mean, Yamo did a great job to get that puck to the net, and I, I'm sure Nugent Hopkins is thinking, okay, I wish I could have got more on it, but Smith or Quick was totally splayed out and it, was able to keep it out.
2: Yeah, we were talking after the game, Bob and I, that there were a number of grade-A scoring chances that the Oilers had. And Jonathan Quick made great plays on, and that was one of them. And that was, too, it was it bounced around. It went off the defenseman foot. It looked like it had an opportunity to go in. So Yamamoto played well. And, uh, again, he's a guy that needs to step up. You're playing in the top six. You're playing on a power play unit, penalty killing. He plays good minutes. He needs to be effective, and he was. the, the game Sometimes for certain players, the game is too big for the player. It certainly wasn't for, for Yamamoto. He he fit in very nicely tonight, and the stress of the game didn't seem to bother him.
1: 4-3. The Kings win it whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. We turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That would allow you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. All right, well, this ought to be interesting. We haven't heard from this uh, gentleman a lot lately, but he's ready to go for the playoffs. It is JP on the line. JP, go ahead.
6: Oh, sorry, you guys. I was just pouring a drink. You guys were keeping me on for forever and that day. How are you, Ree? How are you, Rob? We're very good. Well, I'm not. I'll tell you this right now. Mike Smith. He needs a goal. He needs a goal. He's the worst goal of about time. His mistake has cost us the comp- the series. Oh, I just want to peel. Come on. I believe in the my Smith, you guys. I believe in the my Smith. It's a hiccup. You can win 16th straight. Come on. I'm not deaf. We're coming back Wednesday night. I'll be at the bar having a few wings. Maybe never Who knows? I don't know how much I will eat for wing. I don't care. I will drink whiskey. This is a playoff, you guys. We're all nervous. I'm nervous, too. Rob. If you were giving me your autograph before the playoffs, I'd be a little less nervous, but I'd still be on business. Need I'm telling you right now, on the smc there's nothing we can do about this, you guy. It's a hiccup tonight. I am pure faith in this team, you guy. Wednesday night, I'm telling you right now, this is a bold prediction. Six nothing.
1: Oh. Okay. Okay. I'm writing but, that down, J.P. in my book. You am right you are oh you're damn right I am I'm gonna say that it's almost midnight <laughs> so JP calls six nothing Edmonton on Wednesday okay and JP also calling whiskey and wings on Wednesday
2: there's a combo right there yeah, eh? it's a w WW
1: the triple W whiskey wing Wednesday and a six nothing shuttle win for well we appreciate we love JP's calls um, we don't necessarily encourage JP's diet or consumption
2: habits for everybody but they seem to work for him fair enough rob oh i absolutely agree I'm, I'm all for it i mean he is always very articulate and very intelligent so obviously it's the whiskey and wings talking i'm gonna go home and have some whiskey and wings tonight then it's too late i'm sure if i wake my wife up she'll make <laughs> oh, some wings. that's
1: awful that <laughs> is awful all right uh 780-496-0063. we have jim standing by hello jim
6: Hey, good, good evening, gents. Uh,
7: hard to follow, JP. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> just, just a quick comment. Um, just think. Um, well, notwithstanding his vaccine status, uh, like I, I think Archibald would be a, a good injection, and, and maybe go back to the uh, the, the 12 forwards and and, and you know bring, bring that element to, to the game. At least for the home games. And, and dare to dream. There's a battle of Alberta next series. He could be playing all those games as well. Uh, I don't know your thoughts on that.
1: Uh, did you catch all that, Rob? I, I, I think did. he said, okay, go ahead. I,
2: I, I, it's actually made an interesting point at the end. One of the reasons that Archibald hasn't been a big part of this team is simply he can't play anywhere other than Alberta. So you don't want to rely too much on him. You don't want to, I mean, he's a guy that would play penalty-killing unit. and Well, if your penalty-killing is going good, are you going to split it up because he can't play the next two games in L.A.? But the point he made at the very end there is, the next series could be, if the Oilers get through, and if the Calgary Flames get through, a series that Archibald be able to play in because it's in Alberta and there wouldn't be any cross-border flights. Um, I personally like the 11 and 7. Uh, I think that we, the LA Kings are, have two incredible centers, the and Kopitar. And then there's a big drop-off. And you got this Quinn Byfield who could be a good hockey player in the years to come, but still a young kid. so when you when they go match up Connor and Leon against Kopitar and Dano the LA Kings are very confident what happens when you have 11 and 7 is you can put Connor or Leon out with your fourth line now you're forcing the LA Kings to throw Kopitar and Dano Dano out again and now you're taxing their two best players playing them more than they probably want to play or need to play so that's why I like having eleven and seven because your best players the Edmonton others are up front on the in their forward ranks you get to play them more so that's why I like eleven and seven although I do I, I was impressed with the way Archibald played in the last game of the season he played as though he knew that there was a playoff spot in the lineup on the line and the, the physicality he brings and you and I Reed, talked about it last year, Archibald probably played his role better than any other player on the Edmonton Oilers. He understood what his role was, and he would be a fourth-line player on this team. The problem for him and for the Oilers is he can't travel to L.A. to play in any of those games.
1: It, it, it was a game in which the, the, the Oilers leaned heavily on the star players tonight. McDavid played 25-and-a-half. Uh, Nugent Hopkins played 22-and-a-half. Dry Seidel played 22 and a half. Uh, Hyman played 22 and a half. I'm rounding off slightly, but that's the ballpark. Uh, Ryan under 10 minutes. Puliarvi under 8 minutes. Fogel under 9 minutes. Uh, and Puliarvi uh, is the most notable one. How much did Cassian play? Uh, Cassian under 10 minutes. He was at 9.45. So th- they, it, it, this was kind of a back to some of yep. the, the, the Tippett era things where y- you were leaning on the, 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 the big guys heavily. I guess part of that is trailing for most of the game. But Puliyarvi is the one guy who actually got demoted because he started in the top six and he did not finish the game. Anyway, I know he got some shifts in the top six, but he was not used regularly.
2: Well, I don't, I don't
1: recall. Did he play in the third period? Yes, he got a shift with Drysital and I want to say Hyman.
2: Because it was more of a rotation because McLeod was with Drysital, then Cassian was with Drysital, and I guess Puliyarvi was. I didn't notice that one. Uh, yeah, there was something in his game that the coaching staff didn't like and they they shorten their bench and again Jay Woodcroft doesn't shorten the bench as much as we've seen in the past with Dave Tippett but tonight he did uh, he he went with his first power play unit for a full two minutes uh, you didn't see the fourth line you saw very little of Pui and Ryan and in other players uh, I don't see that a trend that they'll want to continue going into as the series moves on um, Th- they were trying to get the biggest thing is they're trying to get away from the matchups. They're trying to get Connor and Leon away from Deneau and Kopitar. And when Connor was away from those two, those were the two best chances in the thir- in the first period. He scored a goal and he set up Kane. Uh, so that's why they saw more of them. And every time there was a chance to put them out against someone else, uh, Jay Woodcroft pushed those players over the boards. But in a long series, we've seen in the past that it's really tough to win with a very, very short bench. Would,
1: would you start Jesse in the top six next game? Like, I'm not sure I
2: would, quite frankly. Well, you and I've talked about it before. In, in my lineup card, if I'm making a lineup card, Jesse Pugliarvi is my right winger with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And Ryan McLeod is playing with Leon Dreisettle on the second line. That's if, I, that's my personal opinion. I think Pooly-Arvey, uh he doesn't, he's had a little bit of uh, unluck, I don't know if that's the word. He's been a little unlucky around the net offensively, and you can't be unlucky in the top six around the net. You need to produce. So take the pressure off and put him with Nuge. He can create havoc that way, uh, and it's a much easier role for him to fit in. That's where I would have him play.
1: there's lose 4-3 in game one. We will get to you if you're on the Certainty hotline, but Mike Smith uh, involved in the game-winning goal against tonight. Connor McDavid, the captain of the team. Here they are.
5: Or, uh just your thoughts on maybe the way the game
8: started for you how you got down and, and how it ended up uh, going the wrong way and yeah obviously there's lots of emotion um, you know fans back in the building excitement um, and I thought we just didn't handle it all that well um, you know and they they got the jump on us and I thought we did a great job of getting ourselves back in the game and giving ourselves a chance and ultimately it's one bounce to an, um, you know one bounce.
5: Mike, on that uh, on that last goal there, I guess you, you just thought you had something up the middle there, or what, kind of what did you see there? Yeah, just trying to make something happen, obviously trying to do too much there. And, uh, in a tight game like that, you can't, can't afford to make mistakes like that and ended up costing us a game, and i um, obviously disappointed, but it's one
4: game, and we move on and worry about game two. Uh, Connor, you got pretty much what you expected from the Kings. They're a team that likes to grind things out. How, how were you guys early on in the first? Were, you, were there some nerves there? Was, there, How did you guys feel that you, you came out of the gates? and
8: Yeah, obviously we didn't have a great start. Um, you know, give up a few chances and, and find ourselves down too. So, you know, ultimately it's not a good enough start. And, um, you know, in our home building, that's obviously what we want to do. So, um, something to work on.
4: And Mike, we talked about this
8: not letting,
4: trying to stay even keel throughout the series, not letting mistakes bother you and things like that. How important is it in a situation like this? Now you got to move on, move on to the next game, not worry about this. Yeah, I mean, you can't do anything
5: about it now. It's over. So I think it's, uh, obviously, it didn't go the way we wanted it to, but um, it's a long series, a long playoffs, if you want to get to where we want to go. So I think... No one would have funk we would have won 16 straight. So I think it's it's some adversity early in the series, but it's nothing we haven't dealt with before, and and uh, I'm sure we'll have to deal with it again on the way uh, on the journey here. So it's something we'll learn from, and we'll move on, and we'll worry about game two now. Um, sorry, uh, for Connor. Uh, it, I know it's tough after a loss because you're in that moment. But what did you like about tonight's game? Some of the things
8: you thought uh, you were able to do that you might be able to carry on and do through other parts of the series? Yeah, I liked our special teams. I thought, uh, you know, our power play kept us in it. Um, um, I liked how we battled back in the game. Um, You know, we didn't quit on it. Um, You know, there's things to like, and obviously there's things to not like. Um, You know, so like like Smitty said, we'll learn from it and, uh, you know, take what, uh, you know, take what, uh, you know, we learned in game one and and, uh, apply it in game two. Connor, there was a lot of uh, line matching, especially early in the
3: game. How did you find that? And especially trying to get into the game, did you did you find that a little challenging at the at the beginning to get in the flow of the game?
8: Uh, no, I think you're going to expect that from from LA. Um, you know, they're a team that wants to get their matchups, and you know, Todd's always been a matchup guy, and um, you know, we understand that, and and uh, you know, we're comfortable playing against anybody, um, you know, so. Um, yeah. Connor, you, you guys have been down before
0: game one in a series in 17. You came back and won. You didn't the last year? How do you how do you ensure what what has to be the different mindset after you lose a game? How can you how do you flush it? What have you learned in the past to flush it quickly and, and how it doesn't affect you for game two?
8: Yeah, I think just having a short memory, you know, moving on, um, but learning also learning from uh, from game one. You know, obviously they did things uh, to us that we want to adjust and and. Uh, you know we'll make those adjustments and 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 learn but you know ultimately uh like I said short memory and and get ourselves up and, and ready to go again was one of those things
0: that the, a lot of the last few games you guys haven't given up a lot off the rush what led to them getting so many scoring chances off the rush which kind of really, really been uncharacteristic of you guys the last few months
8: it has been um you know I think uh you know, just maybe a little bit of a track sort out could have been better um, you know Ford's uh, Fords need to need to do a better job coming back and you know the, allowing the D to stand and, and uh, make it hard to, to, to get into our zone do you uh, do you think that this team
0: is maybe in a, in a different place than you were after losing the first round in the last couple of years do you think you're better equipped to be a team that that deals with being down one nothing
5: for, so for who for who? Either one. I mean, uh, I mean, everyone wants to compare year to year, but I think this team is, is a different team. We have different players, different coach. So I think it's easy to compare, you know, from the outside year to year, but it's 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 a different team. So I think it's, it's a team that's really gelled here in the last two months, um, a team that's learned how to win close games, learned how to, you know, come back in games, learned how to... Uh, you know, hold leads. So it, it's like a playoffs is, it's a long, it's a long journey. It's, it's, it's a long journey. There's going to be ups and downs and it's how you deal with it. That makes you a good or, or a team that's, you know, going to be watching from the sidelines. So I think it's just, you learn from the, the things that you, you maybe need to improve on and the things you did well, you want to continue, but. All in all, it's just, it's a, it's a different team and, and we're feeling good about where we're at. We just, you know, it's just a game of inches, obviously. And like I said, a mistake here and there tonight and it's a different game. So I think it's it's a game of mistakes, but we learn from it, move on, and worry about game two now. Connor, can you speak to the game for uh, Kyler of Yamamoto tonight? I thought he played an excellent game.
8: Yeah, I thought he did too. Um, he did a lot of good things. He was hard on the forecheck, check, got pucks back, made some great plays. Um, obviously scored a big goal and, um, you know, was was kind of all over the game tonight. Um, you know, I real good. Thank you.
0: It's been a long time since you guys played a playoff game with uh, fans in the building. What can you say about the atmosphere tonight?
5: Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, it was it was bumping in there and. Maybe to a fault we were kind of come out and uh, and we were kinda of running all over the place and maybe got over of our structure a little bit just because it was so you know, it was so energetic and and you know, the energy, you know, you obviously feed off that and maybe they got us out of the structure a little bit, but I think I mean it was unbelievable. Like to to, to be out there and barely hear your heart beat is uh, is something that you just live for and and why we play hockey so it's good to have obviously the fans back in the building and and uh you know the energy was unbelievable and we want to keep that going next time we'll hopefully get a win out of it
1: mike smith Connor mcdavid after the the oilers 4-3 loss to the la kings in game one of their best of seven Rob, anything stand
2: out for you there no i i liked right at the very beginning when mike smith said you know what that was on me i tried to make something that i shouldn't have I should have read the situation and made the easier play in a tight game. And everything he said was true, and he understands that. So uh, there are goaltenders or or players that are when they're earlier in their career, if they make a mistake that turns out to be big, you worry how it'll affect them the next shift, the next period, the next game. I don't think we have to worry about that with Mike Smith, but he understands the gravity of the error. And uh, to me, I, I bet he comes back with an even better hockey game next game. So that was the biggest thing that I heard in that. And the rest is just, yeah, the, the Oilers are still a confident bunch. It was one game, and they expected a good L.A. club, and the L.A. club came as as expected. So I think game two is going to be a lot more fun.
1: Yeah, and I think he, he referenced at the end the team getting out of their structure a bit, yeah. and you brought that up early. The, that chance that Edler had was 10 seconds into the game. I and mean, we haven't seen the Oilers have that <laughs> big a breakdown early. They kind of went through that phase where it was routine that they were giving up chances. And even the the Brendan Lemieux goal, Rob, that was that was really a four on two with Lemieux kind of joining in to make it a, a, a four on two. And we haven't seen, I mean, we had that stretch where it seemed like the Oilers were giving up three or four odd man rushes a period. Mm-hmm. that might be a bad week for them now but we, we saw them give up uh, an unusual number of odd man chances against today too
2: well yeah and, and it's funny it, when you get into playoffs and, and the fans are, are, are bumping in here and the excitement of playoffs sometimes you get a lo- little overexcited and you, you start running around trying you know i'm gonna get that big hit get everything going Or i'm gonna i'm gonna jump up, I'm going to pinch here on the four check or or, or I'm the four, we'll get three guys down low and as he, as Mike Smith said, it gets out of their structure so you get caught and I think that's what happened tonight in the first period. The Oilers were so ramped up to play this game and be in the playoffs and they're playing so well and they wanted to do something bigger than they needed to and it's like when, when Bob and I talked on the pregame show the Edmonton Oilers, nobody on that team has to do anything outside of what they normally do and i think some of the players were trying to they're running out of their out of their zone or running out of their position to 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 make a play or to throw a hit and they didn't need to do that just play the same structure they've been playing they've had success and i think they eventually settled into that in the second and third periods but they put themselves in a hole and we've always talked about reed you and i that when you find yourself down a couple goals you can keep battling back but you also need perfect hockey from that way in because you've spotted the other team. And tonight they kept battling back, but then that one big mistake, and it's just tough to overcome falling behind 2-0 in a, in a hockey game, especially against an L.A. team. I think that'll be the key for the game uh, on Wednesday night is a better start and hopefully get the lead because I don't know if L.A.'s as good at, at chasing a game as they are at leading a game. All right,
1: 4-3, Kings take it. Uh, we're going to get to a few more calls when we get back here. It is 12.04 in the a.m. Good morning. You're listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. It's with five fourteen left in the third period, and the L.A. Kings take game one, 4-3, against the Edmonton Oilers. Moore, Ayofalo, and Lemieux also scoring for L.A., McDavid, Yamamoto, and Dreisaitl had the markers for the Edmonton Oilers who lose their seventh straight postseason game going back to 2020. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown with you. Thanks for staying up. We have Noah on the Certainty Hotline. Noah, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Right here, Reed. Are you right at Studio here, 99? Where are you? I am right here. I can't see you. Right here, Reed. You got to walk up to me. I can't see you. I am right here, Reed. All right. What is on your mind? You got me? Yes, we hear you. Yeah, I know,
7: Reed. My first NHL game was round two, game three, down with the Sharks in 2006. I'm a pretty young guy. You know, I like playoff hockey. Um, I spent some time in the 2017 playoffs. Um, I've called you before, Dap Records Hockey, be league, whatever. Um, I just wanted the boys to win tonight. You know, I like the way Smith played tonight. Um, But, you know... Reed, I come from two hours north of Edmonton. Like, I'm north of Westlock, I want the boys to win tonight. And I have to work tomorrow. I made the time to come to the game tonight. I just wanted the boys to win tonight, and they didn't. But you know what? Smith played good. I feel like it was just, a, you know, just a couple things went wrong. I feel like, you know, the next night will be a good
1: night. Well, we thank you for calling, Noah. And uh, Yeah, I was talking to, uh, well, you've met him too, Rob. Jeremy from Glendon was here. He was driving back to Glendon tonight. and We know a lot of people came in for because Boilers fans are not just at Edmonton. They're all over, and I know people make the trip in, and there's a lot of dedication and probably a lot of people driving on the highways listening to us tonight who are going home a little bit disappointed. So we do appreciate that.
2: And they're not all just coming to be in the arena, too. Uh, It was a party atmosphere outside the arena as well tonight as they had bands going on over there. They had dudes on stilts. Uh, uh, There was an exciting time here in Edmonton during playoffs, and I know that there's a a nervousness amongst the fan base, but to me, this is uh, just the very beginning of hopefully a long tour of the playoffs, and... Now the the game on Wednesday just becomes that much more important. And the intensity level in the dressing rooms is going to be that much bigger. So I'm expecting an even better game on Wednesday with more excitement and more ups and downs as the game goes on. All right, we have
1: Bradley calling in as well. Bradley, you're on with Rob and Reed. Go ahead. Are you able to hear me right now? Yes, we can.
7: All right, you know what? I think uh, Smith had a very hot start with seven shots early on. I think he saved us in the start. Um, I don't think he can blame him for his age. However, uh, Oilers out-chance him that game. Can't really, you can't blame Smith on that goal. It's just Oilers got to bury their chances.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, I think that's worth talking about. Rob Bradley, thanks for that. I mean, the Oilers did outshoot the Kings sixteen-four in the second period, and they did have another power play when the game was tied three-three. That that could have given them the lead. So uh, there, there was the. I mean, we call it pushback or response or whatever. The Oilers did have it. In the second period. Unfortunately, they only were plus one after the period instead of being plus two or three. Yeah,
2: and we talk about that a lot. When you have your big period or your big momentum shift, you need execution and you need to be rewarded. And the Oilers ended up tying the game, but they came out of the, the second period that they dominated with a tie. And that allowed the LA Kings to be one bounce away from getting in the lead. So uh, the Oilers had chances. Jonathan Quick was very good. There was a couple pucks that just rolled past the, the post. There was a couple that were hanging around the blue paint. Um, this game, it it was a game that could have gone either way. And the big mistake, as we said, was made by the Edmonton Oilers. And that's why the Edmonton Oilers are trailing one nothing in the series.
1: All right. We'll also go to Sir Robert on the Certainty Hotline. Sir Robert, go ahead. Hey guys, how you doing? Good. Well, I mean,
4: you know, I mean, it's easy to sit here and say after one game. You know panic 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 but i mean you know what the kings were the kings were simply the better team they were i mean the kings they found a way to i mean like they found a way to bury their chances right and i mean no obviously I even mean, that, that play by smith the last five minutes obviously not a good play not a smart play but i mean you know i guess that's what the, you know that's why they say uh, you know uh, in any series on any given night anybody can win it just takes one bounce Personally, I believe the Oilers are going to bounce back. The long series, game two is the focus right now. Game one, as far as I'm concerned now, officially means nothing.
1: Appreciate it, sir, Robert. Well. We're in the process of writing that story, aren't we, Rob? That's the beauty <laughs> of it. And we thought maybe after game one last year, it was, it was going to be a long series, and Winnipeg swept them. So we'll see. I mean, the Oilers got to respond. They, they have shown they can respond, especially yep. in the second half of the season here under Jay Woodcroft. The stakes are higher in the playoffs. The scrutiny is much more intense. So they got to perform, and gotta, well, they got to execute.
2: And the pressure is now bigger on the Oilers. Uh, the game, they don't want to go to L.A. trailing 2 nothing it's not the end of the series but it certainly makes it much tougher for them so pressure's now on edmonton's backs and this is a team that's responded very very well down the stretch and i would expect them to respond again having said that the better team doesn't usually win doesn't always win a hockey game they got a way to uh, find a way to solve jonathan quick quick was excellent in this hockey game
1: okay kings win at 4-3 you can get more on globalnews.ca or 630chet.com later today from noon to 2. Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. I'm doing it live from Commonwealth Stadium as we'll also have coverage of the CFL draft and, of course, continuing coverage of the Oilers and the Stanley Cup playoffs. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at 6.30, Chad. Oilers Hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.